This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, here with the four gentlemen, Larry, Will, Kevin, and Kenny G, aka Canardo Greg James. And uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna talk about that that L we took uh um the Bank of America, obviously. Uh we're gonna talk about uh all the discrepancies that's going on, um, the obvious and the not so obvious. And then of course we'll uh we'll touch on the uh, Saints game. And we'll also talk about uh, what Tepper had to say to the press, the, the local press corps, uh, over the past past day or so. Um, if you guys haven't haven't read that, if you're not on Twitter and Twitterverse, um, there was some um, some interesting clues he put out there. Now, again, you know, there's there's a lot of room to read into things and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we'll we'll give you our our gist on on that situation. If you went to the game on Sunday, I'm sorry. I mean, I, that's that's all I can say. I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I know I know our, our our main man Kevin was there, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so, sorry about that, y'all. Um, I, I don't know what to say about that. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about this damn game, man. God Almighty. Um, we 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 need to drop some knowledge out there because there's there's a lot of a lot of you know just idle banter going on and folks not knowing anything about the game of football and is just talking talking nonsense. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break this stuff down, man. Um so I was I'll just call you guys out. Just uh give give your gist on what's going on so we can so we can educate our, our fans about about what really happened, what should happen and uh well what may happen going forward this season, starting with this last game. Um so Kevin you were you were at the murder scene. Um what happened man? Well, for me, what happened? What happened was just a sixty-minute non-stop ass whipping that was given to us by let's just call it for this team that's owned us for like the last four years. That's the Atlanta Falcons. There's no other way to put it. We're talking about a team that's won since we beat them thirty-eight to nothing December two thousand and fifteen. They have beaten us seven out of the last eight times. Our only win coming at home in 2017 when Julio Jones dropped the potential game with a touchdown by himself because nobody was nowhere near him. But, man, as, as someone that goes to every game, it's you know anything can happen, but when you invest so much time and knowledge into your team to see a performance like that, it's very disheartening. It's very discouraging and y'all know i'm one of the most optimistic hey we're gonna find a way we're gonna be all right you know i'm i'm, I'm that guy i you know i try to be realistic about it but I, I i definitely feel like i try to search for every bit of positivity that i can find about this team but there was nothing and i mean absolutely nothing that i saw with my own four eyes out there this past sunday to make me feel anything uplifting at this moment moving forward. Yeah, I'm going to get out of my feelings and get ready for the next game, but right now it's, it's still it's still bitter. It's like it's like drinking a Bud Light. It's just a bad taste in your mouth. But <laughs> just from an overall standpoint, I mean, from... I mean, I don't even know where, where you want me to start at, Tim. I mean, from offensive line play that was... Oh, God, just... 
offensive. Yeah, let's let's leave it right there. An, an offensive offensive line. I mean, we're talking about what I know. Allen got sacked. What? Uh, what was it? Five times, and I believe damn near almost twenty pressures. I mean, it was just pretty much he was under siege, and you know the kid's young and he's trying to develop and grow and become better. But the offense line definitely did him no favors. Now, there were also several times where the pocket was clean and he was just off. So, you know, you know, they both got to sh- share that blame pie um, equally on that. You know, it's not all one or all the other. Both uh, both sides, quarterback and offensive line, totally played like crap on Sunday. Only good thing that I saw was the run defense. And as y'all know, we've been getting bent over all season when it comes to stopping a run. But this time around... Atlanta ran the ball 28 times for 52 yards. That type of effort, if we can build off of that performance and fix the other issues that we had, that that will that will take us a long way. But time is short. We only got six games left. This is not something that's that we got time to slow poke this thing. It needs to go to the next level. We're going to have any aspirations of having a, a happy ending to this 2019 season. Yeah, but for me, just, I mean, and the punt return on special teams. I mean, my God. <laughs> Kenyon Barner, the old former Panther, twice removed, the one that got rock bottom by Atlanta last year on a punt, comes back to Bank of America as a Falcon and kindly just returns one on us, I think for like 70-something yards. So, you know, seeing all of that in person definitely just – just, you know, just left me with a bad taste. Y'all know I stayed to the very end. I don't leave, so I took it all in. I couldn't do nothing but just sit there and just accept it for what it is. It's a lot of problems with this team, and frankly, I'm looking forward to some sweeping changes coming up, but we'll discuss about that later. But for me, Tim, seeing that up close and personal, I still got that bad taste 48 hours later. Mm. Um. Let's see. Let's go to Larry. Um, speaking of the speaking of the trenches, and, uh, and Kevin touched on that, that briefly. Um, go in a little more detail about about what went down with the O line. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Single somebody out. Well, um, Panther Nation might not know this, but I told the guys in the group chat if Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley got off, I would be done with these tackles and ready to ready to clean clean slate, you know, just get rid of everybody. And that's how I feel. I know Moten showed some practice last year. I mean, some some promise last year, but I've been watching the same Taylor Moten all year. He's very, very inconsistent. Uh, I know I sound like I'm lost for words, but it is what it is. He's not what I thought he was going to be. I don't know. I see something really... I see something in common with all alignment this year is like fundamentally guys are off. They're not technically sound. The guys are taking bad steps out of their stance. Guys are playing lazy and it's very uncharacteristic because we have, we're supposedly having one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. I just don't see his footprint being laid down at all. You know, and that's, that's really what it comes down to. But the Falcons almost broke a record this year. They had the, the longest stint without a sack. Well, they tied it. Going into the New Orleans game last week, they had seven sacks in a whole year. They got five against us. Like it, it's, it's completely unacceptable. 
I've been begging for an overhaul of offensive line. I've been begging to draft blue chip guys. I know we all love DJ Moore, but I was one of those guys that wanted to trade up four spots and grab Frank Ragnow. We wouldn't have a problem with center. Frank Ragnow is a guy I wanted. He's the best center in the league right now. And what do we have on our roster? The worst center in the league that we paid a whole bunch of money for. It just doesn't make sense. And defensively, I, I was impressed. Now, I'll be honest with you with the defensive line. Guys were disciplined. That just that, That's what gives me a little bit of confidence in Ron because I did see some kind of improvement. Like Kevin said, we did shut the run down. Granted, it was against a guy named, I think his name is Brian Hill, but that same Brian Hill came to Charlotte last year and put up 115 yards on us. So for us to shut down their run game, I was very impressed with that. We also did get to Matt Ryan. It just happened to be that week where our secondary let us down. And I'm not going to say the whole secondary because Trey Boston had the best game of the season. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was all over the field making plays. I just wish all 11 guys brought the same energy that he brought on Sunday. And that's been our problem all year long. Like we cannot put together a complete team performance ever. It's always one or two people playing great and the rest of the team is just lagging around. It's a lot of individual superstars on our roster, man. I don't see any any cohesiveness. I don't see it at all with the trenches and the whole roster to be all together to be with you, to be real with you. Mm. But that's what it's coming down to with the with the with the trenches, man. Guys aren't we're not putting we're not putting together complete performances. There's no reason for us to be shocked at what Daryl did. We knew <laughs> since week one Daryl Daryl not the same Daryl. Daryl who? So, Daryl Daryl, I'm 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 who who's that? Daryl Wood. Daryl Liability. You know, you know what you Has know he showed up yet? Already, so I, I wasn't shocked to see that he struggled. Got him. I'm no longer shocked. I'm no longer shocked to see Moten struggle because it's been like that all year. And the sad thing is, he's supposed to be our best rated offensive lineman this year. He grades yeah. out the best. So that should tell you about the rest of the, the other four guys that are getting on the field. Yeah. I know uh, Greg Little. You know he hasn't played since like week three. So there was some rush there, but come on, 14 pressures? Do you, I can't find a positive play from Greg Little at all. And this is a second-round draft pick that I didn't want to begin with, but I, I saw potential. Is this time for us to start really addressing this offensive line? We don't need to keep going to get weapons. We have weapons. DJ and Curtis Samuel have the same skill set. Christian McCaffrey can, can carry an offense. When are we going to start saying, you know what? Let's piss off the fans. It's not going to be an exciting draft night because we're going to get offensive linemen in the first right. round. O-line. That's O-line. what it's going to take. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. I know you called on me because you wanted me to talk about the trenches. That's obviously where the game starts. If you can't win up front, you can't win anywhere else. And that's really what, it, what happened. We played D-minus on, on the, in the trenches, and we got a D-minus grade. We put up three points. We couldn't even score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, Will, how you feel, man? You know, um, defense, I mean, sometimes you just got to give your opponent credit. And I think with Atlanta, totaling in the 29 points. I mean, just look at how much success they had against us in the past. I mean, Matt Ryan's a top-tier quarterback. Against the Panthers, he, last uh, eight games now, he's 7-1, and one, averages over 300 yards passing has over 15, I think he's up to 17 or 18 touchdown passes now. 
and only three interceptions during that time span. So he just has a good grasp of what the Panthers like to do defensively. He has an understanding of what they do coverage-wise. I thought he did a good job of just identifying matchups he liked, picking them apart. Um, the Panthers like to split their safeties, play that Tampa 2. They had Julio at the inside slot receiver, sent them down the middle to split the safeties. Mm -hmm. Now you end up with a matchup with Luke Keekley trying to cover Julio Jones. You know, Matt Ryan found that. Got his best player to football. You know, you see. The, so I just think you got to give credit to the Falcons offense for putting up points. But what I always say is good teams can find, can win games in multiple ways. You know, you can win those slugfests, you know, 12-10 type games, but you can also win a shootout. I don't know if this team is built to win a shootout, and I think you need to do that against a team like the Atlanta Falcons. When you look at some of their losses, they still score 30 points. I mean, it's an explosive, efficient offense, but their defense is so bad that the other team got 50 on them. I think the Texans game was like 52 to 30-something. Mm -hmm. So we just got to be able to score points to beat some of these teams and be able to find ways to win in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. So I think the bigger issue, you know, is just the offense, the Four turnovers just can't happen. I know Kyle Allen's young and inexperienced, but, I mean, he just got to be smarter with the football. He's a starting quarterback, and the quarterback deserves, you know, he's always going to be the, get most of the blame other than the other team. But like everyone else said, the offensive line is just not helping them, man. I mean, it's just the offensive line, you know, it's funny because they're the reason why we're in this position to begin with. You know, everybody wants to talk about, oh, we'll take a healthy 100% healthy cam and plug him into this team and voila, we have a Super Bowl contender, but guess what? We had 100% healthy cam on the same team behind the same offensive line, you know, getting ready for the season week three against the New England Patriots during the preseason. And what happened? This offensive line, you know, broke down in pass protection, cams getting sat running around until ultimately he hurt his foot trying to elude pass pressure. Then he comes back you know, week two against Tampa behind the same offensive line. And we make Shaq Barrett look like Khalil Mack. So we've had healthy Cam behind the same offensive line, and it didn't work because they just could not protect the quarterback. So I don't care who we have back there. Nobody's going to run, be able to run their offense effectively, go through their reads, and be able to generate points unless we protect the passer up front. So, I mean, that's just where it starts right now. That's what stood out to me the most watching this game. Mm. Can I add to your point briefly, Will? We can, we're blaming the offensive line, but I think at the end of the day, we know it is what it is with the offensive line. We didn't make the right decisions addressing it, so it is what it is. We also know it is what it is with our rookie quarterback. Well, he's second year, but guys have about nine, nine to ten games of film on him now, so he's going to be making mistakes. When are we going to hold the offensive coordinator accountable? Why is he constantly making calling seven-step dropbacks if you know your tackles can't hold up. That was driving me crazy. You got explosive playmakers on the outside. Why not get them the ball early? I know, you know, everybody jumps on our slants, but there's other ways to get them guys the ball early, you know? Or, or you know, Kyle Allen's pretty mobile. I'm not saying run scrambles with him, but why don't you roll him out? Why don't you slide the protection? Get him on the move instead of just sitting him on the island with a seven-step dropback so – a team can just go ahead and attack them. I don't understand. I need y'all. I need y'all to answer that for me. You got me, kiddo. Uh -uh. <laughs> you got me. I mean, it reminds me of um Norv offense in the Minnesota Vikings. Teddy Bridgewater was sacked over eighty times in two seasons. 
and it was the same problem. He had Matt Khalil and some other guy as offensive tackle, and in his offense, because of the seven-step drops and long-developing routes downfield, just you know, it just puts so much strain on the tackles. So it's hard for him to run his offense without elite offensive tackles. Think about the teams he had in San Diego and Dallas. They had elite offensive lines for him to allow him to run that, you know, mm. power run game, set it up with those seven-step drops and attack defenses vertically. But with, you know, young offensive tackle Greg Little and Kyle Allen, I mean, I know Ron Rivera is public enemy number one in Panther Nation right now, but he's absolutely right. These are young players going through young mistakes. I mean, Kyle Allen is a essentially a rookie. He didn't even get a full season with us last year. If you remember, they cut him in training camp, and he got bought back late in the year. So it's essentially a rookie quarterback, rookie left tackle. And it's just, you're right, the play calling just makes it so difficult on these young players to, you know, get in the swing of things. Normally, when you want to settle down a young quarterback, you give them quick layup throws, screens, you know, swing passes, get them settled in the game. You know, but it just seems like they're just putting a lot of 50 passes, you know, for this young quarterback yeah. coming into this game. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know, you know, there's a lot going on. Everybody wants to jump on Kyle Allen. See, I told you y'all deserve this. Cam is gone. Y'all hated on Cam. I don't look at it that way. I mean, mm. I just yeah. look at it like they're, they're not putting this kid in position to succeed. And we need him to succeed if we're going to accomplish anything this year. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Kenny. Give us, give us your take on the situation, man. What, what, did, what did you see Sunday, other than the debacle? Well, I mean, it seems like you guys already covered pretty much everything, to be honest with you. So, I mean, there's, there's not really too much for me to touch on. But uh, the one thing that I do have to say is this is the second game this season where this this team just looked unprepared, completely unprepared. Of course, we all know what happened with that debacle in San Francisco where they hung 50 points on us. And then you have this game right here, you know, just completely unprepared. We want to compete, you know, to be able to go to the playoffs. Very important game at home against a division rival. Mm -hmm. And I and I knew that this game was going to be tough. I, you know, I, I said that in the last episode. You know, don't don't sleep on these guys, man. They they got a lot to play for right now. But I, I didn't expect this to happen. I expected us to put up a little bit more of a fight than that three points. I don't think anybody could you know could have imagined that. So. Yeah, definitely just, you know, you I, I got to look at the coaching staff. I always look from the top to the bottom. And, you know, as, as hard as it may be, you know, you look at Coach Ron Rivera. And that's not to say that it's all his fault. He can't get out there and play for the players. But, you know, the, just the discipline, you know, what Larry was talking about as far as, you know, just the linemen not being disciplined and on defense not as disciplined. You know, I mean, it has to start somewhere. And, you know, I mean, why, why does this keep on happening? It's, it's, it's like re repetition for some reason. You know, why why aren't these people, you know, you got Dante Jackson, all the talent in the world. Hmm. No, <laughs> all hmm. the talent in the damn world. And well, you know, why why is he getting burned like that? You know, at that 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 level, as quick as he is, as talented as he is, I don't think he should be getting getting punked like that, because that's what happened to him exactly. with Ridley. You're right. So I mean, if Ridley paid him every game of the season, man, he'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. He'd be Ooh. well on his way. <laughs> that, that's the way it's looking. Same with Matt Ryan, the same exact thing. You know, it's just when, when is this team going to, you know, get tired of this shit? And I, I don't see that really happening anytime soon. Just And this eight penalties for 68 yards, man. I mean, just it seemed like every other play, it was, it was a penalty for some reason. It's just, man, it's, it's just unprepared. Two for 14 on third downs. And that, that's important, man. You convert some of those third downs, there's no telling what might happen. It's true. And then you get to Kyle Allen. This simple fact, you know, you're in the red zone twice. Two times you're in the red zone right there. You, you could have scored and you throw two interceptions i understand you jung i understand you know you got a lot you know you got a lot to learn but 
you, you got to be more disciplined in that. You got to know, okay, man, you know, I'll, I'll take the sack. If anything, we get three points. But don't get out there and just be just slinging that ball just to be slinging it, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's 14 points or possibly six points we could have had. And you just gave it away. So the one positive thing is what everyone is saying is the rushing. I mean, you know, we, we did held them, you know, under 100 yards rushing. So that is a positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like someone said earlier, if we can, you know, keep that the way it is and we improve in other areas, I think we might have a fighter's chance going into the next week and the rest of the season. But the thing with this team is consistency. I can't really hang my hat on that. Okay, you held, you held them to under 100 yards, but what's going to happen this week when you go against Kamara? Mm. Who, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and I'm just saying, because they got him involved in the last game, and I know we're going to talk about New Orleans in a minute, but they got him involved. I think the first 19 plays, he's touched the ball 11 times. So wow. I expect to see more of that this coming weekend. I expect them to put the ball in his hands early. And, you know, just to get him kind of warmed up a little bit. But as far as that Falcons game, man, my God, you know, just for so much to be on the line. And that's what you put up. Mm-hmm. And Temper, he's, he's talking now. Now, I know some people might not think much of it. Oh, he, he's he's just talking, man. He's letting off some steam. But I All think right. there might be some truth to what he's saying. There is. And, you know, and, I, and that's why I think we're going to play with a little bit more fire under their ass this weekend. Because you're, the big dog just spoken. Yeah. He's tied in the mediocrity over the years. And we we know how Ron is when he feels like there's a fire that's lit under his ass. You know he he, he gets his team prepared. And, you know it's just I don't know, man. It's it's a little different that energy the next week. So I expect to definitely see this team play with a little bit more fire. But th- this week, man, I, I was just astonished, man. I expected us to put up a little bit more of a fight with that with so much on the line. That's all I have to say about. It. I got a quick question for you, Greg. Talk to me, Pop. Why does everybody else? wake up for rivalry games. <laughs> if you watch last night, Monday night game, the Chiefs are struggling. They can't protect Phillip Rivers at all. They got a worse offensive line than us. But they competed. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. They didn't just give that game to Kansas City. It was a good game. The Falcons win 1-7. They competed against their rival. Why are we the team that cannot wake up for mm. rivalry games? I don't like If there's anything else to get up for, why can't we get up for a rivalry game? That, that, hey, your, your your guess is just as good as mine. That, that's why I was shocked. I expected it to be a lot closer. I expected, if anything, man, you, we got our rivals. We got New Orleans. We got we got the Falcons. You know, these are the type of games that your your, your coach shouldn't have to, you know, say certain things to you. Okay, no. yeah, you know you got to compete in these type of games, man. You know, there's so much on the line as far as, you know, we want to get back to the divisional championships or whatnot, mm-hmm. but... The fact that we gotta hate the Falcons, we're supposed to hate them. <laughs> Out right. of all of our rivals in that in that league, you know that that's probably our our biggest rival is the Falcons. And mm-hmm. the simple fact that that that's all it should take for you to get up for that game, and that's it's not done. And it's it's been like that for many years now. And I don't know what else to say. It's out of the coach's hands at that point. You know, you got players that have been there for a long time, Olsen, and you got Luke Keekley, and you, you got these guys that have been around there for so long. I mean, it, it should be a. It, they should be putting out a better product than that, especially against a divisional man, mm. a divisional opponent. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm record, since since uh, 2016, the Panthers are seven and 15 in the NFC South, which is worse than the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that includes a one and seven record against the Falcons, getting sweeped by the Saints three times in 2017. There's just something to this. They're not performing well in their division, and that's where it starts. You know, you got to win your division, get a bye just increases your chances of ultimately winning a championship and the team just hadn't performed well against their division rivals. So it is. If I, were Ron, 
I said, we talk the talk. Like, we, we're on social media, you know, talking all this crap. But when the game comes, we don't we don't show up. I, I just don't get it. I get it. I get it. There's there's a there's a um, a calmness to the mediocrity that's going on in that locker room. These cats are used to it. I, I mean, that's that's all I can. I mean, <laughs> what what else could it be? You're professionals. You have you're supposed to have a love and desire to win at that level. If if you can't get motivated outside of yourself, I mean, you need to find somebody else who can motivate you. You know what I mean? I mean, pro, pros are pros, right? They're going to play. Obviously, they're competitive. That's just how it is. But sometimes you got to have that external motivation that comes from a head coach, uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, O-line coach, D-line coach, linebacker coach, somebody that's going to put a fire on your ass because you're not you're not playing at the level that you're supposed to be playing at. And that's 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 what drives me nuts. Now I'm, I'm with you, Canardo. I'm with all, all you guys. It's driving us nuts. There is no way and, that you have this talent on this on this team, and we 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 lose like that to a two and seven Falcons team. I don't care if they went to the Saints and busted their tails. That should have gave us a heads up that like these dudes ain't playing around. But what happens? You come out there and you act like it's just cool. That no, oh, it's the Falcons. They two. They only got two wins. Man, please, you got drug. We almost got skunk, bro. And, and, and let me add is, like uh, Trey Boston, man. He came out with that energy, so I'm not gonna say it. He did. Team wide, he did. I thought Trey Boston came out early and set the tone, made some big sticks, and you know, helped get the settle, helped make them settle for a field goal. And he was making good plays all game long. So I mean, Christian McCaffrey, of course, is going unnoticed. He's got a thousand Bruh. rushing yards and 500 receiving yards already. Was only the second player, I think, in NFL history, yeah, to accomplish that through 10 games. So. Yeah. Some guys are out there competing, but I mean it's just not consistent across the board. Yeah. That's a problem, man. I think I think the defense played inspired like a four quarter and a half. I'll give them that. Yeah. Offense just put us in bad positions, but yeah. we, we, we came out and played in state. We were inspired for about a quarter and a half mm -hmm. defensively. Mm -hmm. I can't say anything else positive. Mm -hmm. Hey Kevin, you said you said what what was the energy in the stands like, man? I mean the energy in the stands, I mean the fans was ready, like you could just feel like, I mean, it's not that the fans felt like it, that it was going to be a walk, but they just felt like that after the way we battled and almost pulled it out in Green Bay, we just felt like that, you know, this team was ready to just, you know, take destiny by the horn and, and start the street. You know, with the last podcast, I told you guys, these next four games is must wins. Got to be. And what do we do? We come out there and shit an egg. And if you got to edit that out, so be it. I prefer you not to because some of our fans say they like it when we, I'm not. you know, drop a few words. But, I mean, I just got to say it for how I really feel, man. We we sat there and we shitted a fucking egg on, on the damn field. And it was just – fans was looking around at each other like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, right. it's too right. – this is the perfect example of how looking good on paper don't equate on the field. And we've seen other teams do it for years. Matter of fact, I've been one of the people that used to, you know, um, ride Tampa for always winning the all-season battle and not coming up good. And what do we do when we finally win the all-season battle, per se? Mm. You know, we come out and we, you know, we, we playing like, I don't know if it's a sense of entitlement or anything, but this whole franchise since 1995 has been nothing but a mall of inconsistency. We never, we're the only, out of 32, we're the only team 
that's never had back-to-back 500 better seasons. The only franchise ever. And stuff like that is frustrating, you know? And it's it's just the fact, I just think the fans are just, you know, tired of it. And, and it's just it's just like disbelief, like, we we supposed to be better than this, man. And it's just, it, you know, we was ready to root them on and cheer them on, but you... You know, it's what three minutes in the game. We kick a field goal to get our first points of the game. I mean, it got yeah. so bad where we're cheering five yard completions, you know, plays and stuff. We, since we can't cheer touchdowns, you know, we're cheering, you know, dump offs and and yeah. damn quick slants that's getting some yardage. You yeah. know, it's just it's like we're struggling to find reasons to really get pumped. And it's, it's, that that was just the vibe that how it was Sunday, man. It's just. Mm. It's just a state of disbelief that that this is what you guys with the talent that that's on the that we've seen that this is the product that you put out. And I know we're just fans, but where's the pride for your damn self? You know, where's the pride for perfecting your craft? Damn it. If you if your position say safety, play like a damn safety supposed to play. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, yeah, man. You, you can, the frustration I have is, is the vibe that was that was around me in the 500 sessions for the game, man. It's just, it's just, it's just like like we all said, a, a strong sense of frustration, man. And and um, I just, it's just hard to be optimistic going forward. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, you know, you let's rewind back to July when we're talking about the the team on paper, what we had, what we expect. We're talking about. Healthy Cam Newton, shoulder coming off shoulder surgery. We could get the deep ball back. Curtis and DJ coming into their own, going to be top receivers in this league. Christian McCaffrey is going to you know do what he does, maybe get 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. The pass rush was rebuilt. We got Burns. We got Irvin. Mario in a contract year. We got Gerald McCoy. So the defensive line was supposed to be formidable. You know, we got the best linebacker duo in the league. And the secondary was rebuilt. So we were just better – be able to match up and defend the pass. The one question mark was the offensive line. You know, we signed Matt Paradis, who's coming off a broken leg. We signed Darrell Williams, who's coming off a severe leg injury. And there was just a lot of new pieces in the offense. We had rookie Greg Little and Dennis Daly, who still have a learning curve. So that was the one question mark on the team. And that's the most important position group on the team. So I think all of the free agent signings and draft picks that we got excited about, we just overlooked. That, you know what, the offensive line may not be where it needs to be for us to be the team that we want the Panthers to be. Just to give you an idea, look at the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. You know, Carson Wentz, MVP. Everybody, number one on everybody's MVP list until he tore his ACL late in the season. Nick Foles comes in the backup. They didn't miss a beat. Why? Because they had the number one offensive line in the league. Andrew Luck last year has his best season of his career. Why? They had the number one offensive line in the league. Jacoby Brissett steps in this year for Andrew Luck. They're still competing for a division title. Why? Because they have a great Mm -hmm. offensive line. You know, you look at the Cleveland Browns. They traded one of the top guards in the NFL for Odell Beckham. Everyone's excited about the excitement that this Browns offense is going to be. Well, they took a step back. Why? Because they gave up one of their best guards and their offensive line can't protect their quarterback. Why have the Rams regressed this year? Because they lost some key starting offensive linemen and they're rebuilding that unit. So Sean McVay can't do what Sean McVay does. You just can't um, stress enough how important the offensive line group is. I think the Panthers need, if the Panthers want to be the team that we all want them to be, it will never happen until we get 
consistent, high-level play from the offensive line. And that's that. Man, all I really have to say on that is uh, warning becomes warning comes before destruction. You know, that, that's, that's really <laughs> what it is. You know, it's, there's a reason why he's been as silent for as long as he's been silent. I think he just wanted to sit back and observe. And, you know, he I think he has a lot of trust in Rivera and Herney and the rest of the front office. But at the same time, there, you know, you it's almost like a child. You know, you you sit back and you 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 see him playing in the front yard and having a good time or whatnot. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you know, a, a straight dog comes along or something like that. And you see he's in danger and then you have to step in. And I think that's what he sees with this franchise right now. OK, maybe I got to step in right now before things really get out of control. And I, I just think that's where he's at. So. The simple fact that, you know, you, I, I don't know, even with the camp situation, you know, and there was there was a point where I thought that, OK, that this might be it for camp, you know, and I'm, I'm a big camp fan and I want him to be here for years to come and for him to step in and say, you know, hey, you know, I, I want Cam to be here for the long haul, you know, but he has to be healthy first. That's that's first and foremost. I won't make a decision until then. So that's a great sign. And I think a lot of that has to do with the play of Kyle Allen right now, obviously. You know, some people thought that, you know, hey, you know, he had these great four games or whatnot and he he played so well. And, you know, that that kind of dropped off a little bit. And the, the one thing about a franchise quarterback is they don't grow on trees. Mm. And I still think that Cam Newton is that is that guy. You know, I, I think he can be that top 10 quarterback in the league. And now you're starting to see how important that is. And now I'm am I saying that he wouldn't be struggling right now, you know, at, at you know, in any way? No, absolutely not. He probably would be struggling with the offensive line. That's kind of where everyone's getting at <laughs> <Amen>. right now. <laughs> so I do think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, he he's not, he is Superman, but he's not. So I, I do think he would be, you know, having, you know, some problems right now. But at the same time, there there is a difference. They are not the same. Kyle Allen and Cam Newton are not the same. So let, let's, let's just go on and squash that right now. I don't care who gets mad about it. It is what it is. So I'm glad that Tepper stepped up and said something. But I know that Will says something along the lines of, okay, he stepped up and he says something, but he, nothing's done. So I do agree with Will on that. No, let, let's see what he does now, okay? I just feel like you're just blowing off steam at this point. But you say you you want, you know, you're tied to the mediocrity. mediocrity we're all tied to that. But mm -hmm. what's going to be done about it? Because we've heard a lot of talk over the years, are we going to change this and we're going to change that? And then the next season, it's the same thing. So we, we, we kind of getting a little restless with that right now. We want to see some change. But, you know, I, I do think he's serious. His, his tone was a little different. His energy was different this time. And I do think you're going to see some changes. And it starts this Sunday because if they come out flat this Sunday, Ooh. I don't know what, if they come out flat on Sunday and they score three, six points and they get blown out by 25, 30 points, I don't know what's going to happen after that game, man. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I'll be straight up with you. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Somebody said my role right then. It might, and that, yeah, I, I hate to sound like a fanboy right there, you know, but I mean, I just that's that's a gut feeling right there that if they come out flat in that game after what just happened, after what your owner just said, <laughs> warning comes comes before destruction. If they come out flat, something's going to happen. I got that feeling. Mm -hmm. Let's just say if they come out flat. I hope Ron Rivera likes Cajun food in Bourbon Street. And he ain't coming back to start. <laughs> yeah, right, so. they gonna leave his ass right there. <laughs> Oh man, hey, uh, Kev, he's gonna, yeah, he gonna be like riverboat your ass back home. That would be gonna damn <laughs> <laughs> take your ass up to Mississippi, Nick. Uh, but yeah, but Kev, um, what, what's what's your take on uh, what Tepper had to say? Well, what Tepper had to say, you know, for us is a shock because you know we're not used to 
you don't hear much from the owner, particularly <laughs> during the season. I know under Gettleman, you know, he didn't hold any uh, press conferences until after the season was over. So, you know, any front any front office conversations have been few and far between. If I'm mistaken, I don't even think we've heard anything from Herney much uh, since since the start of the season either. But as far as Mr. Tepper, I've I've been saying this from day one. This is a man of his word. If he says something, he's going to do it. I mean, just to give some people some background about Mr. Tepper, so I can explain my point here. This was the man that that his former boss denied him uh, a position in the company. So when he finally worked his butt off and got into position in that company, he had enough money to buy his boss's mansion, leveled the whole mansion down, and rebuild another mansion twice as big as the one his boss had. See, he's the type of guy that when he makes changes, it's dramatic change. It's drastic. It is widespread. So the fact that he's talking now is is definitely clearly a warning. You know, this this is a man that's got a set of brass testicles that he keeps on his desk that, (laughs) from what I've heard, is is on his desk at, uh, at the stadium as well. So this is a man that has no problems whatsoever, but he's also very calculated as well. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of notes and and other material that he's done assembled that's got plan A through Z written down right now. But he just wanted to give a fair chance so that when he cut ties, he can say he's seen more than enough opportunities and gave more than enough chances to make things right. So whatever he feels like doing, I, I fully support it. But uh, but back to some of his comments that he made, uh, he talked about a variety of different topics. He said uh, he wasn't going to mention anything about Rivera and Herney after this year, which I think is smart. A uh, couple things I, I noticed that he said was that he'll make a decision in February about whether training camp will be going back to Walford. He mentioned that a possibility of a training camp here in Charlotte since we got the bubble. So, I, uh, you know, just, he's just a guy that I feel like if he put his word to it, some sort of truth is going to come from it. And I just think that uh, change is coming in one way, shape, or form. Now, Will has said several times he don't think that we need to do a complete drastic redo with this roster and makeover, just kind of, you know, complement our core pieces. But uh, Mr. Tepper may have a different vision and whatever he feel like is best based on his success from his background, I'm all for it. If if, if we got to grind it out for another couple of years to turn into a, a consistent winner so we can get rid of this none back-to-back winning seasons, I'm all for it. So I got the patience to allow Mr. Tepper to do whatever it is that he feel like is best for this franchise. So that's where I stand. All I got to say about this whole Tepper situation is um, I, I, I can't wait to see what happens because quite, quite frankly, I'm ready for some change. Um, I mean, I, I don't, like you said, he's calculating, you know, you don't, you don't make that kind of money. You don't make those kind of moves. Just, just going around just willy nilly. Now you'll, you'll make some, you'll make some, some hard decisions, but you're not going to do anything just based off of, you know, your feelings. You might vent your feelings, but you're not going to make 
you know, major decisions off of that stuff. He's going he's going to come into this 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 season, uh, the, excuse me, the next season uh, with a, with a calculated mindset. He might be going like you guys said. If if we if we come out of New Orleans with a you know a thirty thirty five to six loss or some BS like that, I don't I don't know if Tepper got that kind of that kind of patience, man. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if he has that kind of patience. Um, but uh, hey, yeah, Larry's um, go go ahead and uh, pick up where you left off, man. What I was saying is I'm from Jersey. You know, people, I know Tepper does a lot of business in Jersey. He has some Jersey characteristics about him. He's very thorough. And that's something that I appreciate. And I recommend the rest of Panther Nation learns to appreciate. But you got to pay attention to detail when it comes to his personality. Like Greg said earlier, and also Kevin added to, is he's very calculated. Speaking to the media at this time was a calculated move. You guys mentioned that when you light a fire in the run, he tends to respond. We still have a chance to make a run at this. Imagine if we go 4-0. I think everybody will believe that we can make a deep run in the playoffs. So I think this was Tepper's test. You know what? I'm going to call everybody out now. I'm going to get my fire out now. I'm going to blow off my steam now so my 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 employees can respond. Hmm. So we got to hope that we respond the right way. And I think that you know him putting some pressure on the staff, that's going to do the trick. This is the perfect time to do that. So I think... When it comes to making calculated decisions, this was the time to do it. He's very patient. To give us a whole, to give Ron a whole another year, that shows the patience that you have to have to become a billionaire. But at the same time, you got to know, you got to know how to be a marksman. You got to know when to pull that trigger. And I think that's what he did now. You know, addressing the media and covering those points. I was happy to hear that. You know, he wants to keep Cam for the long haul. He's being patient with that. Let me, let me, let's get him healthy first then I'll make a decision. So I appreciated that as well. And I think what I appreciated most about what he said is the mediocrity. You know, I, I'm tired of the mediocrity. I don't want to be trash. I don't want to be the Browns. Amen. I don't want to be the Jets. Yeah. But the mediocrity has to go. So I, I'm very excited moving forward. I don't care about all of the where we're going to do training camp and stuff. That, like that's, that's, that's business stuff that no fans should worry about. Just know that he's going to put us in the best position. As far as Tepper goes, but I'm I'm very proud to have him as the owner. I also think he's an upgrade from what we have. Nothing nothing to take away from Mr. Richardson. You brought football to the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. But I think David Tepper is the guy that's going to take us to the next level. Yeah. And him addressing the media right now in November, just pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Don't don't forget what he did the other day. Have patience. That, that's uh, and I had to. You know, I just had to add to that. You know yeah. what Larry was talking about. You got to. You got to trust the process. And yeah. you know, like I said, he's. He, this is how you become a billionaire. You know, this guy is very intelligent. You know, and he he did what he did for a reason. But if the if Panther Nation stands behind this guy, I'm telling you, he he's going to take his places. Yeah. And it starts this Sunday. And I guarantee you. And we'll talk about the upcoming scores later on for the, for the next game. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, it'd be a lot better than what you saw last Sunday. I could be. I could guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. That, that that energy is different in that locker room this week. I can guarantee you that that practice was different. Mm-hmm. Those workouts were different. Everything mm-hmm. was different. And it's all it, it started with Olsen in a lot of ways. And, you know, <laughs> this is a guy that he he speaks. But in the way that he spoke last week after that game, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, that, I, I know Kevin said that he expected a, a players only meeting. And I wouldn't be surprised if that took place because I know it would have took place already if TD was here. Thomas exactly. Davis. Exactly. It would have took place if Steve Smith was here. But, you know, that's what you need. You need these players to start speaking up. And you know what, Greg? Guess what, Greg? 
If it don't happen, guess what that does? It makes Mr. Tepper's decision a little bit easier. That's all. <laughs> These are facts. These are facts. That's true. No, I think Tepper's presence spoke more to me, the fact that he did it, than anything he said. If you look at the quotes from Joe Person's notes, he basically, basically all I got from him was all options are open on everything. Nobody's safe. I'll make my decision in the offseason. I think the fact that he just stepped up and spoke to the media to begin with just says it's, it's a warning shot. So I just think the action spoke more than anything that actually came out of that interview itself. So um, we'll see how they respond. I think this was just simply to light a fire under the staff. I don't think it's a signal that Ron's out of here, that Herney's out of here, or anything like that. I think he's just trying to light a fire under them during the time they need it to make this run down the home stretch. So we'll see what happens as far as that goes. But I recommend you read an article written by Michael Lombardi, who's a former football executive and two-time Super Bowl champion, about Tepper's background and his thought process. He made a lot of good points. One thing that stood out to me is no team wants to be in a position of quarterback uncertainty. That's how you end up like the Browns over the years who've had so many starting quarterbacks and mm. changing every year. So he said he's not going to put himself in a position of quarterback uncertainty. So if Cam's healthy and can go, it's pretty much a no-brainer that he's going to get an extension because you don't want to have uncertainty at the quarterback position. But it's all just going to depend on, like Tepper said, how healthy you is. So, you know, it'll be an interesting offseason to talk about when that time comes. But right now, you know, let's get on talking about this Saints game. Exactly. Exactly. So quickly though, you also you don't you also don't want to have a whole lot of turnover with your with your staff either. And I think Tepper respects that. If you look at the, the team we came from, how many coaches have the Steelers had in the last fifty years? You know what I mean? So I think that's the thing why he's doing three. They've had three their whole the whole existence of their franchise. They've only had three head coaches. Mm. I I think that's another reason why Tupper is you know showing a lot of patience with Ron. He knows that turnover is not a good thing. If you look at the landscape, if you look at the coaches that are out there. If you look at the just the league as a whole, coaching has been horrendous for about the last five years. There's only a a handful of good coaches. Bad clock management, bad decisions all day long. You find bad clock management every single week in this league. <laughs> Coaches are – I'm serious. If you, yeah. at, if you watch all 16 games, yeah. oh, somebody yeah. messed up with the clock every single week. Coaching is not what, it, what it's supposed to be because everybody wants this young, innovative coach, but they're not allowing these guys to develop. We're going to see what's up. Actually, I'm sorry, Tan. Actually, they fly, when they go to the Saints, I, I kind of picked up the patterns on certain teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to fly out there early Saturday morning. Okay. Uh, since it's only like a, a two, I think it's like a little over two hour flight. Yeah, so, is, so when it's that short, they usually fly out on on um on Saturdays. Typically, okay. uh, it's usually those uh West Coast games. Yeah. Uh, that they f- that they fly out on a Friday. So just to cool. you know add that in. Cool, cool. From Charlotte to New Orleans is about an hour and seventeen minute flight. Ah, that ain't bad at all, man. That's about as long as it takes me to get to Charlotte. Yeah, it's not it's not far at all. So oh, okay. yeah, Saturday morning sounds perfect. Word. Well, Sunday morning they better wake up and with their damn balls attached to their ass because it's it's time it's time to strap up and knock somebody's ass out. I'm tired of this stuff. Drew Brees been having his way with us too, man. I, um, I'm, I'm, mm, we need this one. Atlanta was very important. This is extremely important. So, huh. 
I'm not even going to talk about the offensive line. What do we need to do to stop to stop that Saints offense, man? What What do we need to do, bro? Can I start first? Because I don't have to say much about this game. Go ahead, man. I'll, I'll go ahead and start first. Yeah. What we need to do, and I, I don't think we're going to do it. I'm just going to be honest with you. But if you look at the way Atlanta played New Orleans, they got away from their comfort zone. They didn't come like that when they played New Orleans. You know what they did? Mm. They manned up. They got in the receivers' faces. They they knocked Michael Thomas off his route from getting the bottom man coverage, and they sent blitz, and they, they got after their quarterback. That's what you got to do to beat the to beat the Saints. It's really not that hard. I think Ron overthinks it a lot. He does. And if you think back to that that ten nine game that we had with them last year, Ron did a little bit more man coverage. Yeah, if, you, if you guys don't remember. All right, uh, Will. What do we need to do to win this game, bro? I think what Panther Nation needs to realize is last week's game has nothing to do with this week. So just because we laid an egg at home against the Falcons, that doesn't mean they're going to come out unprepared this week. It's a completely new game, completely different team, completely different set of circumstances. So I just think, you know, I don't think the team, I think they're going to respond. I don't think they're going to get blown out. This week, it's just too much on the line, and these guys are, pr- are prideful playing for jobs. The key here, I think we have the ability to get interior pressure on Drew Brees, knock him off his spot, which is important. So timing-based offense, you know, he's a lot of quick, short passes. So I think getting your hands up, batting balls down, forcing him off his spot, you know, not don't let him hit his first read. And I think just getting after him, I think the Falcons sacked him six times. And I think we have a better defensive line than they do. Absolutely. So that's um, the first step, getting pressure on Drew Brees. I mean, Alvin Kamara, we've done pretty good against him lately. I mean, he's definitely an elite, one of the better running backs in this league when he's healthy. They have a good duo with him and Latavius Murray. I just think we have to continue to do what we're doing against them. I think we like to put that extra safety in the box to help stift off the run. Then you leave your corners outside against their receivers. I don't think Michael Thomas is a great receiver, but I like how Bradbury matches up against him. And I think um, they don't have a compliment to Michael Thomas, like on the level of a Calvin Ridley. So I don't think they're as explosive and dynamic as the Falcons receiving group. So I think we have a lot. They have a good uh, tight end. They have a they have Jimmy Graham, I think, don't they? So that can be a matchup problem. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I think we match up well against them defensively. You know, we held them to, 12 points in the loss last year on Monday night. So I'm I'm pretty confident that we can contain them defensively. I'm more concerned about the offense. I mean, I think Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, their edge rushers are pretty solid. And just what I've seen from Taylor Moten and Greg Little, I just – Cam Jordan kind of scares me a little bit. And I think he's going to give Moten – gave him that work last year. Moten struggled. And I don't <laughs> know if Norv Turner is going to come out and adjust to that. I mean, I think the Saints have a pretty decent secondary with Lattimore. He's probably going to shadow DJ Moore. That's a matchup to look out for. I think we have opportunities to attack their linebackers. You know, Greg Olson and McCaffrey, I like them against A.J. Klein and the linebackers they got. So we'll have our opportunities. I think if we take care of the football and don't turn the ball over, I think we can make this a competitive game and maybe win it. You know, but I just think we can't beat ourselves. That's been the biggest problem in every loss this year just the turnovers and beating ourselves penalties so i mean i just hope you know kyle allen he's learning every week i just want to see him get better 
You know, and just show me something. You know, you got an opportunity of a lifetime right in front of you. You know, show me something. He has to. He has to realize that you know, just just because you're trying to make a play doesn't mean you have to go above and beyond what your capabilities are. You know, just take care of the football, son. It's just it's just that simple. But go ahead, whoever's going to chime in. I was just going to say, Jared Cook is the tight end out there in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, Graham. Graham's in Green Bay, I believe. Um, uh, you're right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things and. <laughs> You know, Carnado, he's been spot on for you know, reminding me of this. It don't matter when other teams don't have injuries, but um, when certain players out. But uh, Marshawn Lattimore didn't play this past week against Tampa Bay due to a hamstring. He didn't practice at all. And the same is forecasted uh, for this week. They're expecting his hamstring injury right now. It's projected two to four weeks, hmm. this being the week two, per se. So, but again, we've we've yet to always take advantage of quote unquote lucky breaks when they come our, our way. Don't get me wrong, I'm the type that wants to beat people at their best. But when you're struggling like we're struggling, I would try to seek every possible advantage we could possibly have. Heck yeah, man. Again, that didn't work against Atlanta because it was without their top running back Devontae Freeman, and it was out without their top tight end. And that four-string tight end was able to get off on us, number 87 for I can't even think of who he was. But anyway, um, <laughs> as far as the Saints, I mean, it's, it's pretty much come down to when we battle the Saints, whoever is able to set the tone early and often is usually the one that wins the game. So by the midway of the second quarter, you probably going to have a pretty good idea of, of this way this game is going to go unless we're – you know, the score is tied, but with setting the tone, you know, Saints, their team, they like the front run, you know. So, you know, if you get ahead of them and, and you know, get them off their time and the pattern, they, they try to force things because that's, that's an uncomfortable area for them. So, you know, when you take the fight to the bully, you know, the bully can only swing back so much because he's not used to that. Mm-hmm. So... You know, this is this game is not as complex as it may seem against the Saints. Uh, I mean, speaking from an X's old point, this is pretty much about, you know, establishing who you are and letting them know for 60 minutes. And I just see it as a game that, you know, like Larry said from the beginning, it starts in the trenches. And we just simply cannot be our own biggest enemy. When we, when we stop making it 12 players against us instead of 11 on 11. And when I say 12 is when, 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 when we're the ones inflicting the wounds to ourselves along with what the defense or what the uh, opponents do. Um, it wouldn't surprise me with this team. We've been talking about inconsistency. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't go down there and actually win this game at all. It would not surprise me not one bit. Why? We're the most inconsistent franchise in NFL history. <laughs> so, you know, we can experience a high of going into New Orleans and winning and uh, not know what to get the next week. So um, I guess you can still hear the hesitation in my voice. Cause like I say, this that Atlanta game is still bitter to me, but I feel like that with, with Tepper Speaks, I just think that we're going to see a, 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 re, a, re, a remix to the 2019 Carolina Panthers. I'm I'm, a, I'm just looking at it as an opportunity where, you know, because, you know, like I said, they're not used to the owner speaking about their performance. And when and I believe I, I can't remember the quote and um, y'all can quote me on this wrong, but I think Tepper told reporters that 
he couldn't sleep the night after the game and he'd been in a shitty mood. When the owner said he's been in a shitty mood because of what you've been doing, like I say, it wasn't surprising when we go down there and stump a mud hole in New Orleans just simply off the fear of Mr. Tepper because, again, they're not they're not used to the, the owner speaking out on, on their performance during the season. So um, put me down 24-20 Carolina winning in New Orleans. Well, I mean, we we had that means Tepper had nine city nights last year, and he's got five city nights this year. <laughs> you got insomnia, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, Kenny, what we got to do, bro? There, there, there's two keys to victory that I that, and you know, it's my as far as my POV. I, I think that we we can't get down early. We we have mm-hmm. to create a lead against New Orleans if we are going to beat them. You know, it just is what it is. Can we do that? I'm not sure that we can, mm. but we we have to. We can't be playing from behind because we're not going to outscore New Orleans in that way. We haven't mm. proven that this year, yeah. and we're not going to do that against one of the most explosive teams in the league. So yeah. that that's step number one. You know, we we got to create a lead early somehow. Uh, the ball is going to have to bounce our way at some point. You know, if, if the, they fumble the ball, you you got to jump on. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, I, you know some some people got to step up here. Luke Keekley. Dante Jackson, you know, Bradbury, you know, these these are the guys that have to step up and make some things happen on the defensive side of the ball. Shaq Thompson. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's really the first step is, is creating that league and just not not shooting ourselves in the foot. Just like, I mean, what you what you guys are saying right there. You know, so many times this season, last last week we shot ourselves in the foot. And I think that if you don't throw those two interceptions and you don't allow a special teams touchdown. That, that's a completely different game. Who knows what may have happened? So when they, this is a very good team when they don't get in their own way. And we've been saying, I feel like we've been saying this for several years now. This team can't get out of its own damn way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I say that every week with this team. Mm-hmm. They can't get out of their own way for some reason. Mm-hmm. And if they learn how to get out of their own way, then they're going to be a very successful organization. But until they learn that, but they're they going to get out of their way this week. I can guarantee you that after that speech with Tepper, and I keep on saying it, they're going to get out of their way this week. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to get my prediction in just a minute, but I, I guarantee you, man, just if they do those two things, don't turn the ball over, don't beat themselves, and they create a lead and some cushion because they play well that way, and then I think that that's the key to victory right there. But that's a very ballsy prediction by Kevin right there, man. And, uh, <laughs> hey, brother, man, more more power to you, man. But I don't know if I'm willing to go that far just yet, but I'll go ahead and get my prediction right now. I'm going to say 23-16 New Orleans. I think we give them the fight of their life. And I think we have the, the lead him in that halftime. I mm. think that's just how competitive it's going to be. But at some point, man, that's just, man, I think that they're going to show that they're a little more, you know, just the, the better team that mm. day. And I, I, I hate to say it. I, I feel like we can win any game, but this team has to show me right now. I can't just give them that right now. One of the best teams in the league. Oh, you're going to beat them. You got you got to show me something. And I hope that I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong about this because this. I still think that there's a, still a glimmer of hope for this season, mm-hmm. but it, it, it starts on Sunday. But I, I say 23-16, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And anybody got a problem with Kennard Great Dane score? Talking about oh, he's not a true fan because he he didn't pick the Panthers. Man, I wish you got I any problem with him? I'm, I'm a, you come to me and I'm gonna shoot you this fade. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you know we can settle that right now. I wish you would. Oh, uh, you and your you and your Mark English week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go ahead. And, ah, man, I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, 23, uh, 23, 20, New Orleans. Man, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm like Canardo. You got to prove it to me, and I really don't. 
it's 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 in New Orleans. If it was in if it was in Bank of America, I might I might sway just a little bit. But in New Orleans, we I don't know, man. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. We might we might concentrate all our effort on stopping Kamara and you know not get up enough points where Drew Brees just methodically just marches the freaking freaking ball down the freaking field. They got they got in that dome against us. They always put up a yeah. lot of points. It seems as always like what twenty fifteen was forty one thirty eight. Yeah, year bro. after it was like forty one thirty something again. Yeah, it was bro. playoff game was like thirty one twenty. It's always yeah fifty point games. So I could see something like thirty three thirty five twenty four Saints something like that. Mm-hmm. High scoring game, competitive. But I don't know if we have enough. Firepower in that dome to keep up with that offense. It'd be interesting. I don't know, man. I, would I don't know. My score, pre- my score prediction. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm not gonna go with the Saints, man, because I, I, I'm a Jersey guy. I think that you know I'm gonna go by history. Usually, when you when you light a fire up on the run, he responds. I'm, that's that's a nice little rhyme right there. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when you light a fire up on them, he responds. I think that we will, we can shock them because New Orleans has also had some struggles as well. Like, how do you give up six sacks to the Falcons? Mm. I think we're going to be watching that film closely, that Falcons and Saints film, and Ron will find a way to get to the quarterback. So mm. I feel like we can knock Drew Brees off his spot and we can, you know, we can come away with a win. McCaffrey is notorious for having a good game against New Orleans. So That's I'm going to go. I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty-eight Carolina, man. I just uh, I'm not I'm never going to give up on them. I I know the type of team it is. If Ron shows up, if he if he responds the way Tepper expects him to respond, we can beat this team. And Larry, just to let you know, one of the reasons why the six sacks I I, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, in the chat, but uh, the Saints also have lost pretty much for the rest of the season. They say four to six games, but that's literally almost the rest of the season. They're uh they're uh. Their, I don't know if he's their left guard or right guard, but Pete, uh, he broke his arm. I think it's left and, guard. Uh, I think it's left guard. Think it's left guard? Okay. So, you know, hey, you know, we was talking about getting pressure up the middle. Drew Brees, I mean, hey, if that's what we're going to do, hey, this, you know, Poe, you've been, you've been pretty much playing, playing your butt off all year. Mm. This is definitely a, a game where you can have, the, he can make that signature game impact that, that helps us you know, well, literally shot the world because everybody's going to pick New Orleans to win this game. So, you know, nobody outside of uh, diehards and homers are going to uh, give us a chance in hell to win this game. But, uh, yeah, we can take advantage of, of lesser talent in the middle. And along with everything else we discuss, you know, we, we can uh, we can get that Sack Street Boys thing going again. But, again, we got to put that same type of effort stopping the run against New Orleans as uh, as we did against Atlanta, because I they Kamara has had very nice games against us, so neutralize him early and often, which gives us a chance, to, like say, try to play with a lead, as Carnado said, and you know it's that's why I said the first by the second quarter, middle of the second quarter, we gonna we gonna have a good indication of of how the tone of this game is going to go. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll go in our favor. Tim, I had one more thing to add before we do close out. What's up? To be brutally honest with you, if we don't do what we said we go what I what I said we have to do, then I have no confidence. I just think like you gotta press these guys. You can't sit back off you you can't 
sit in zone with Drew Brees. You can't sit mm. seven, eight yards off the ball with Drew Brees. Mm. Ron has to study that film with the Falcons beating them, and he has to start playing more man defense. Not, not saying we haven't played man all year, but this is a game where you got to be physical with the receivers. That's that's my point one. My second point is this. All year long, you know, we've been getting to the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But when we had our, when we had that that four game winning streak, we were doing something that we didn't do last week, and we didn't do it in Green. We didn't do it in Green Bay. Where are the turnovers? Mm. You know what I mean. Mm. We you got to turn the ball over too. You, like the offense isn't helping us right now, but the defense can help us by scoring some points. Have we done that this year? I know Brian Burns had a fumble recovery for a touchdown, but. Our Super Bowl year and also in 2013, mm. the defense was able to score points too. Yes. You know, we have to become that team if we wanna if we wanna make a run at anything. The defense can score points too. Mm. Special teams can score points too. Mm-hmm. We need a collective effort. That's what it's gonna take to beat the Saints. I just feel like because we haven't had that and Tepper has put pressure on people. We might be able to do some of those things. I think the defense can probably get some turnovers. I think we can either score on defense or on special teams. If we can do that, we'll definitely get a W. Right on. Well, gentlemen, on to New Orleans. And uh we'll uh we'll get this popping on Sunday. Uh what time's the game, Kev? Uh this will be a one o'clock game for us, which will be noon out there for them, then in the central. So yeah, this uh, yeah, this will be a, a one o'clock game. So you know, for those of us who uh, of faith and belief and to be in church, hey, if you can throw one up for the team, <laughs> we'll take it any way we can get it. Please, <laughs> please do that. Hey Tim, we also have a tradition when we play rivalries. You mm. know, we tend to. I know when we played the Bucks, we had a a Bucks fan online with us. Yeah. So we 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 have a little tradition with that. I do have a, a very close Saints fan. Mm-hmm. That's a friend of mine. Her name is Gert. She's on Facebook. She's active in all of the rivalry groups. Oh, cool! I just wanted to send a prayer out for her because her husband had a a car accident. You know, he he was trying to dodge a deer. Oh, His man. car flipped over, and he. I just want to let her know because I know she's listening. She's a four man rush supporter, but she's a Saints fan, Word. and she's listening right now. I just want to let her know that we're thinking about her and we're praying for. Her. No doubt. Peace and blessings, y'all. I hope, I hope he's all right. I hope he's all right. Man. Other than that, fuck who that. Ah! <laughs> I tell you what, boy. Hey, yeah, yeah. Sun, Sunday's gonna be a it's gonna be a game changer where it's gonna be an indicator. Um, but to about to find out. About to find out. Um, so you guys have any closing remarks? Yeah, I mean I just wanna say, I mean, it's uh Panther Nation kind of sound a little bit too defeated for me right now. Just remember. There's six games left. That's a lot of football. I mean, if you keep it in mind, last year we were 6-2 and two through eight games. It looked like we were in the playoff picture at that point, and then things changed so drastically over the last part of the season. Mm-hmm. So just keep supporting your team. Anything can happen over these last six weeks. Let's take it one game at a time and see how the chips fall because we've been in this position before, and Ron Rivera teams have made some runs in uh, November, December. So let's see what See what they got here. You know, we got six games left. Let's try to win them all and see what where the chips fall. Yeah, well, I would like to say Ron Rivera is he's a beast in November, December, especially in December. He does he does not play games. 
He does not play games. He he gets he, he normally gets it done. He has a very very good winning percentage in that month. Um, so yeah, we just can't drop no dud against no damn dead skins on December the first. You know, like I said, that's that would be such a Panther thing to do. Win at New Orleans and 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 let Josh Norman come down here and 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 mm-hmm. and own us on a quote unquote homecoming for him. Like mm-hmm. that that would be such the. Uh, like I said, man, <laughs> the inconsistency. But you know what? Six games left at Saints, home against the Redskins, at Atlanta, home against Seattle, at Indy, home against the Saints. Like I said, the talent is there to win these games, but it's up to the players. Uh, we we're just fans. I think Will, you were saying earlier, all you know, we don't we don't call no plays. We don't <laughs> you know make no roster moves. You know what I'm saying? We don't do nothing. All we do. Is watch the game, t- analyze it, and talk about it, and share it with you guys. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's up to them. We we believe it or not, we still can control pretty much most of our destiny. What how we want the season to be. So, um, you know, when it comes down to, we got to win two games and hope seven eight teams lose this one. No, no, no. I'm no. I'm. We don't need to even get to that to that level. But it all starts. This Sunday at New Orleans, and uh, you know, hey, I already put my score down twenty four twenty. Awesome. Well, folks, I believe we've given you everything you can handle. Uh, anybody else have anything to say? Sorry, no, we good. Okay. Um. So, Panther Nation, thank you again for dropping by and listening to the Four Man Rush podcast. Um. Whether you're listening to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, I hope everything is okay. Um. I hope you guys are having a great day. Um, and staying healthy and uh, staying positive. It's not over. It's disheartening, but it's not over. Sundays, Sunday's going to be Sunday. Not last Sunday, but this Sunday. So we'll see what happens. We always have a chance when we step on that field. That, that's, that's the bottom line. That's four quarters to be played, and, and damn it, we play, we, play a, we play Panther football, we'll come out victorious. Got to have faith. But, hey. Check out our uh, website of the uh, www.the4manrush.com. Um, um, also check us out on Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and um, make sure you tell your tell your friends and family about the uh, about the Four Man Rush, y'all. For real, um, this this is gonna be something special going forward, and we would really like you guys to be a part of this. Um, coming up pretty soon. We're going to have uh, have some some live questions, some call-ins. Um, we're going to have this, have this bad boy on video. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff coming up, but none of this can happen if you guys aren't uh, aren't supporting us uh, via social media and um, checking out a podcast and commenting, liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. So tell your friends, tell your family, the Foreman Rush is real, and uh, there's there's nobody that can compete with this. I'm tell you that right now. So on behalf of the fellas and myself. As always, keep pounding. And we're clear. See, I tell you what, then we better not lose to them damn dead skins about to find me with a Lamar Jackson jersey. Oh, on <laughs> God damn it! Look, <laughs> hey. no goddamn dead skins. Lamar Jackson, hey, Lamar Jackson's a bad man. Listen, I like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a bad man, boy. He's a bad man. <laughs>
I'm just happy for that. I'm happy for that brother because they told him he's supposed to be. He should try it as a wide receiver, man. Wide receiver. Yep. How dare I'm he? he? I'm glad he's giving him the middle finger right now. I really am. They said the same thing to Warren know, Moon, too, let bro. Me, let me tell you something. Do y'all know Lamar Jackson in year two is better than what Michael Vick ever was? Say words. Yeah, I hate that comparison. Michael Vick would never throw like nah, that. Nah, heck no. <laughs> He's better than what Michael Vick was in year two. Yep. And Kev, one other thing, bro. I got twenty dollars that you could beat you could you could beat uh Darrell Williams one on one. Twenty dollars. <laughs> oh I gotta got <laughs> The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.